From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Tuesday the 17th of January 2023. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we run through Scotland's gender reform bill. This isn't the only thing happening in the world though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, I sit down with Rory and play a UK politics related game. But first, what have the UK government done to the gender reform bill? In an unprecedented move, the UK government has blocked a new law passed by the Scottish Parliament that aimed to make it easier for people to change their legal gender, setting up a significant battle between the government in London and the pro-independent Scottish government. In December, the Scottish Parliament finally passed the Gender Recognition Reform Scotland Bill, more than six years after the ruling Scottish National Party first announced its intention to reform the gender recognition process. The bill would introduce a new system of self-identification for people wanting to change their legally recognised gender, removing the requirement for a medical diagnosis of gender dysphoria, reducing the required time lived in their affirmed gender from two years to three months, and lowering the minimum age from 18 to 16. Now, when we say change their legal gender, it refers to acquiring a gender recognition certificate, which allows transgender people to have their affirmed gender legally recognised, their birth certificate updated, get married in your affirmed gender, and so on. It's purely about paperwork, not surgery or any medical intervention. The current system in the UK allows transgender adults to acquire a gender recognition certificate provided they prove to a panel that they have lived in their so-called acquired gender for two years and have been medically diagnosed with gender dysphoria. The Scottish Government and supporters of the bill say the changes aim to make the process less drawn out, invasive and distressing for trans people. The bill has been very contentious, as evidenced by the years of consultations and the mammoth debate before it was eventually passed. Critics of the bill say it could pose a threat to women and girls' safety by compromising single-sex spaces. The bill's proponents say the reforms do not pose such a threat and point to countries like Ireland, Denmark and Argentina, which have adopted gender self-ID systems. It eventually passed with cross-party support in an 86-39 to vote. So what has the UK government done? Well, for the first time ever, the UK government has issued a Section 35 order under the Scotland Act, which allows the British government to prevent a Scottish bill from going to the King for royal assent, i.e. becoming law, if the UK government deems that it will have an adverse effect on laws within its jurisdiction. Specifically, the Scottish Secretary Alistair Jack said he'd not taken the decision lightly and that he issued the order due to concerns about the impact of the divergent policies on Great Britain-wide equality legislation, namely the Equality Act 2010. Jack did say that he hoped for a constructive way forward if the Scottish Government chooses to bring an amended bill back for reconsideration. It's safe to say that the Scottish Government is not happy. Scotland's First Minister Nicola Sturgeon labelled the move a full frontal attack on Scottish democracy and accused the British government of using the trans community as a political weapon. She added that the Scottish government would defend the legislation and stand up for Scotland's parliament, meaning a legal challenge is highly likely. 
This move is certainly a blow to the transgender community, who just a month ago were celebrating a somewhat rare legislative victory. And as for the ruling Scottish National Party, we'll have to wait and see how their legal challenge goes and whether the UK government's unprecedented intervention will help or hinder the push for Scottish independence. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. We look to China now, where new data from the country's National Bureau of Statistics has sounded alarms over a demographic crisis. China's population fell last year for the first time since 1961. The Bureau of Statistics reported a drop of 850,000 between 2021 and 2022, bringing the population down to 1.4118 billion and marking the first decline in population since the last year of the Great Famine. China was once known for its one-child policy, imposed in 1980 and eventually scrapped in 2016 when a two-child limit was introduced. Despite this, the number of births in the country has fallen every year since. The demographic crisis will have profound implications on China's economy and the world, Reuters writes. It will shrink the country's labour force while shrinking the burden on health and social care and other social security costs. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. The German Defence Minister Christine Lambrecht has resigned following a series of blunders and scandals. One of her big blunders was promising to deliver 5,000 helmets to Ukraine, something that was perceived as inadequate and a bad use of the money allocated to her to support Ukraine. And to be clear, this was no small figure. In total, the Defence Ministry was given more than $100 billion to support the embattled nation. Things only got worse for her too when it was realised that she had taken her son on a ride in a military helicopter. Ultimately though, it was the video she recorded on New Year's Eve that was the final nail in the coffin. In this, she spoke of her positive encounters in Ukraine while fireworks exploded in the background. This was taken to mean that her biggest takeaway from the war was that she got to meet interesting people. Following her resignation, Boris Pistorius took over in the defence ministry role. While he's relatively unknown abroad, he's got a reputation in Lower Saxony, where he was the interior minister, as a man who gets things done. Vietnam's president, Nguyen Juan Phuc, has resigned from office after the ruling Communist Party blamed him for violations and wrongdoing by officials who had been under his control while he was prime minister. The now ex-president served as the country's prime minister from 2016 to 2021 and then went on to hold the mostly ceremonial position of president. He's now the highest ranking official to be targeted by the Communist Party's blazing furnace anti-corruption crackdown. He had been considered a likely candidate to go on to become the party's general secretary, effectively the de facto supreme leader of Vietnam. Despite his fall from grace, the party praised his achievements, including the great efforts in leading, directing and administrating the COVID-19 epidemic, prevention and control, achieving important results. In the final uplifting story today, we discuss solar panels. While much of the world is still in the midst of an energy crisis, there is some long-term good news. Solar panels appear to be getting cheaper. 
This is because the price of raw materials has decreased, following a year of elevated costs. The drop in price can be attributed to new polysilicon factories opening at the end of 2022. Polysilicon is an essential material for the creation of solar panels. This increase in supply means that demand is now being met, and as such, the price is dropping. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but if you want to see me and Rory playing a politics game... I'm sorry, there's no chance he said that. No chance he said not that. A not I'll resign if that's true. Then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Now might be the time to do it, as there's an offer which gets you a year of membership for less than $1 a month. That's huge because Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. They also get access to a ton of other exclusive ad-free TLDR content, as well as videos from all your favourite creators. The good news is, like I mentioned, our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers you some of the world's best documentaries, is offering an incredible deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $12 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR content on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than a dollar a month, a deal which doesn't last long, and support the channel.